0: Oh, 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 well, 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 it's a special edition of the In Search SEO podcast where SEO tastes sweeter than wine. This week, Andrew Optimize joins the show to discuss what small brands can do to stay competitive on the surf. What role does a unique selling proposition play? How can you keep up with the link building of the big brands? Where does technical optimization fit in to brand competition? I am your host, Morty and I am joined by the lively, the scholarly, the dastardly, Jacqueline Harkum. How are you, madam? <laughs>
1: Wow. Well, thank you. I'll take that. I'm good. Excited for our show today. How are you doing?
0: I am good. You are on location today. You are not with us in the in the, the Rank am. Ranger Studio.
1: Yes, I'm on a in a secret location.
0: The undisclosed location. <laughs> you you and the Designator <laughs> Survivor. Okay. <Yes. laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, let's go. Oh, let me stop right there. Do not forget, please. That we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find new episodes on the Rank Ranger blog, SoundCloud, and iTunes, on which, help us out, subscribe. Thanks in advance. Okay, let me get some background on this great interview we did with Andrew Optimizy a few days ago that I'm going to play for you soon. Uh, So Google, Google's all about uh, reputation at the moment. Okay, they have a lot of reputation issues, crises for various reasons, whether it be China, whether it be Congress, whether it be privacy, mm-hmm. whether it be feature snippets, whatever it is. They have a reputation issue that they want to deal with, Okay, whether that's legitimate, whether it's not legitimate, whether you agree, whether you don't agree. Google is sort of dealing with this, and they have to deal with it. And there's a whole slew of ways they're going to deal with it, one of which is authority. Uh, that word strikes terror in me, authority. <laughs> yeah. Okay. sounds intense. It sounds intense, right? But uh, brand authority, site authority um, is good for Google because it means they can trust that site, which brings up a whole slew of concerns for smaller brands. If Google's going big on authority, well, where do you fit in if you're a smaller to mid-sized brand? Which is why we have this very special episode because a few days ago I sat down with none other than Andrew Optimize, the founder of Optimize SEO. It's a special, by the way, because Andrew is a true SEO expert, a really nice mm-hmm. guy. And it's our first interview on the InSearch SEO podcast.
1: Yes, it's, uh, it's truly an honor. Yep. So
0: are you ready for it? Oh,
1: Morty, I, I'm so ready for it.
0: Okay, well, let's get into where brands stand on the SERP, small brands versus big brands, where do the small and mid-sized brands fit in, and what can they do to stay competitive on the SERP and overall. Cut one. I've always wanted to say that. Okay, okay. Cut one. <laughs> This is an in search podcast. First, a first in interviews, and today we have the very kind, the very famous Andrew Optimize who you may know from the Cambridge meetups, or you may know from Twitter, you may know from from anywhere. Andrew, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time, and tell us a little about the uh, the Cambridge meetups that you do. Hey, Morty, uh, thanks for having me on. I think that's the first time I've ever been called famous. Oh so no, no, I'll, no! I'll take, I'll
2: take that. I'll have that all day. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been running the events in Cambridge. They're free to attend for about a year now. I've been really lucky with having some amazing people come and speak. So, we've had like Marie Haynes, come yeah, I and saw see, that. Ross Tavendale, and JP Sherman. And I mean, I'll miss, I'll try and remember all the people that have come, but a lot of really great, really smart people. Um, and that's kind of where I started from, is like, I wanted to. Get kind of one-on-one time with those people, but that's no chance. that That's going to (laughs) happen. If I can get a room full of people for them to come and talk to, then they're a bit more interested. Well, that's brilliant. Um, So that's kind of where I'm going with that. And then you can find them online, also, right? Yeah, Yeah. sure. So they're they're really lovely people, which is you know that kind of helps. Yeah. Um, So they're more than willing to come and you know share great stuff and talk about great interesting things, and that's kind of what I want to do. So you know I have lots of people that I work with and work for who get. Really confused about SEO and where to start and what to do and what to prioritize, and it's hard, yeah. Um, so getting some expert people to come along and share cool
0: stuff it's really nice, it helps, yeah, for sure. So, we'll definitely link to the, your uh, the meetups in the, the blog post where we release the, the podcast, and you should definitely Thanks. check them out. Okay, so let me start off where, where I'm coming from. We're going to be talking about brands, big brands, little brands, medium sized brands, and what brands have to do now in the world of SEO to get. Notice if you're not one of the big guys. And where I'm coming from with this whole thing, you'll tell me if you disagree, is Google sort of has a sort of at a crossroads. It has a lot of bad press going on about privacy, about fake news, about so forth and so forth. And big brands are safe. Big brands are, you, you, know, you know, CBS and CNN or whatever it is, they're not going to lie to you. I mean, as much as it goes on in the media that there's fake news, I just realized that as I said that, okay? Yeah, no um, Right, no comment. This is not – okay, that was not a political comment. They were just simply saying <laughs> CBS News more than likely is not going to outright lie to you. Whether you agree with them politically or not, they're not trying to fool you. Or whatever big brand you could possibly think of, Walgreens, um, uh, you know, Johnson & Johnson, whatever content they're putting out is going to be safe. That's the reason why, for example, in the, uh, the health knowledge panel, you don't have mom and pop's website talking about whatever, whatever drugs. You have WebMD or the Mayo Clinic, right? Yeah. So if Google is going to sort of double down on big brands, where does that leave little brands? Well, let's start off with what esteem Steam do big brands hold in the eyes of Google these days, according to how you see it? And has their stock gone up? Has it not gone up? And where do we hold in the world of brands and, and the SERP? So I
2: agree with what you're saying. And, like, and it, if you're in a small business and you're Googling around stuff that you think you should be ranking for and you just see it completely swamped by huge players like the Amazons and the Ebays and Wikipedia, and you're just thinking, like, I'm going to never get anywhere with here. Like, you know, right. being on page page one is a dream. Being anywhere near the top three positions just seems completely unattainable. And I kind of agree with your main point about like Google favoring big sites and stuff but a lot of the stuff that i think my kind of take on that is google hates being wrong right so the reason they tend to favor big brands and stuff is because they more often than not are good enough and it's uh that kind of you know uh, getting stuff done kind of saying it's like you know good enough is good enough and for google then there's yeah maybe there's times where they could favor the mom and pop store or they could favor like you know the other local business but there's times when they're not going to do it and actually you know what Most people are pretty happy with Amazon. Most people are pretty happy with, you know, Walmart. Most people are pretty happy with SC Johnson. There's a reason they're massive international players making millions and millions of pounds because everybody knows them. It's that kind of brand familiarity. I mean, you'll get that with a lot of SEOs. They'll talk about, oh, you know, the new keyword is brand. Like, You know, you've got to have that kind of familiarity. People need to know who you are before you pop up in the search results because if they see, you know, famous brand, famous brand, famous brand, you, why are they going to choose you? Right. Which is sort of the flip um, side to all of this because it is what users want
0: to a certain yeah, extent. And it,
2: I mean, and you know, then then you come to that kind of question of, you know, that is that what users want or is that what Google thinks the users want? And mm-hmm. then, you know, when they don't see any alternatives, how to, how would Google ever know any different? Well, um, well That's the know, rabbit hole. Google does test it. Like, you know, we've all seen that, like, you know, when you're in an SEO and you launch a new page and for like three minutes you're on the first page and it's like, oh, my God, like, you know. Alarms start going off everywhere. <laughs> Google's put you on the first page. And then, you know, two minutes later, you're straight back out again. Two days later. So they, they mess with it. And they're constantly running tests and, you know, trying to work out which is a good result. I mean, I'm sure, again, lots of people have read about these kind of things when, you know, Rand Fishkin did it famously at the conference where right. you get people to game click-through rates on right, right, right. search result pages. And, you know, boom, then you pop up in the rankings. Um, so there's that kind of stuff. And I think so that kind of piece about Google hating being wrong, you can see that. They, they scream it at you if you look for all those kind of things. So when you type in a question into Google, you always see that kind of stuff. Like, oh, people also ask this. Right. Or did you, mean, did you mean if you spelled something wrong, like you spelled Barack Obama's name wrong, whatever, it's like, oh, did, did you mean this? Right. Or like, we're going to show you results for this. But you can also, like, you know, we, we think you mean this, but, you know, if, if that was wrong and you did really spell it correctly and you're just looking for something really obscure we've never heard of, then, sure, you can search for that too. But we're going to show you what we think you're doing. Yeah, All well, that kind of stuff is Google trying to disambiguate stuff. They're saying like, you know, we're pretty sure you want this, but it's kind of bet hedging. It's almost like, well, you know, if this didn't quite get you there, then maybe this is one of the other questions that people also asked. Or, well, you know, this is the next thing that people also asked. So they're trying to, that kind of stuff. Of course, they're trying to keep you on the search results. They want to keep you on the Google website rather than other people's. If they can give you the answer straight there in the SERP yeah. and then lead you on to the next question, or you know, they've already guessed what your next question is going to be, you're spending a bunch of time on Google. But it's also because they're bet hedging. They, they're they not really sure what you want, and they want to give you the best results so you don't go, oh,
0: this is junk. I'm going to go to Bing. So that's an interesting perspective. Do you think in that sense that it's a bit of a crutch that Google relies on? And as we usually view that as like, wow, okay, Google knows what you want, or Google has uh, a million ideas of what you want. It's offering you so many variations of this. But what you're saying is that Google, to a certain extent, or from one perspective, is doing it because they don't know, they don't really know what you want, or they, they, yeah, they so feel they're, unsafe they're about it. They're constantly they're constantly offering you
2: stuff to refine searches so i found all the kind of um the research again i'm going to sound like a bit of a fanboy probably because i am but the stuff like that rand wrote around um, no, sorry rand I love years, Rand. nobody knows who he is so like the guy like founder of moz is it the Fox guy with the, the funny hair his. and
0: the and the goatee yeah and okay. the amazing moustaches yeah. and all that kind of right, stuff right. oh that's so him I get it. All... now i know who he is <laughs> <laughs> you've heard of him right uh, here and there um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so he did all the uh, that kind of research about like zero click search results. Right, 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 so, right. You know, we're lots of lo- and it's increasing the number of yep. times that people search something and don't click anything. That's a problem. And a large part of that was because it's refinements. Right. Because you know, you search for how old is Barack Obama and Google says, well, you know, do you really want to mean how old is Michelle Obama and like, you know, let me ask, you know, the next question is what are the names of their kids, and, you know, when was he president? And all that stuff is right there in the search right. results, and you're not clicking to go through to a website, and you're just adding little refining things, and you're running another search. Because you I, say, like, all right, you know, how do I buy red shoes? And it goes, did you mean red sneakers? Mm-hmm. And You're running another search. So you just you left one search without
0: clicking anything, really. You're just running another search and another search and another search. I have that problem with the uh, Discover feed. It used to be the, um, I can't remember the old name for it, I'm back on the app. The uh, What would they call mm. it? Google, Google feed. now, right now it's yeah, on. Right, feed, yeah. I just get lost in there. So it has all my football scores. It has everything there right for yeah. me. I don't even know yeah. why I searched. I don't know why I came to the Serp anymore. I just, I just know that there's a bunch of football stuff for me. Okay, and they so, got you then, right? What's that again. Then they got you, right? Yeah. Oh, they got, got me. That's it. it. I'm hooked. And yeah, yeah. Lost. it's like a drug, and they know <laughs> it. <laughs> all right. So going back to small businesses or or medium sized businesses, what does this mean for them? All right, particularly the ones who. So the general advice that I hear is that okay. So if you're competing with a big brand, go local, right? Get into the local pack, all these local features of this camera places carousel, great, 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 great. Okay, but that doesn't really apply to a business that's a software company, for example. Okay, mm-hmm. what does that have to do with? No one's coming into your store. There is no local. So yeah. how how does that play itself out? How do you compete with a big brand if there's no local advantage? Yeah. The the short answer to that is it's really hard. <laughs> um, that doesn't really help you
2: a great deal. But yeah, you know, you're competing with multinational companies with massive budgets, they've got marketing teams, they've probably got an outreach team that is bigger than your entire marketing team, right. they got content writing teams, they got in-house developers, they got a whole bunch of money and stuff that you're never going to get anywhere near, which is then, I guess the, the key thing for me when I work with clients and stuff doing this kind of thing is, what's your USP? So why, why should I shop with you instead of Amazon? That's you're not going to be Amazon on price, they can ship it to me and they'll have it with me tomorrow, why would I use you instead? And a lot of businesses really struggle to answer that. Right. They right. don't know. It's like, you know, oh, well, you know, they've chopped with us because, you know, because of my lovely mustache or whatever. <laughs> but that's that's not going to cut it. So you need to find know, what is it that you're better at Amazon at. And, you know, we're, I think we're going to sort of talk more about those kind of things. But it's like yeah. that that answering that question and what is your USP is, is a really big one. You need right. to find right. your niche and go hard in that niche. Like, you know, Amazon is everything to everyone but it can't be all things it can't be that kind of specialist it can't be that person that really knows that product or that niche or that area inside out i mean like who is amazon it's no one right i mean it's jeff bezos sure but he's not selling you the kind of you know board game or the clothes or the you know zip disc or whatever it is you're buying it's it's a faceless thing so you know you need to find your usb if and that can sometimes be you or your service or the level of information and knowledge you have in that particular area, but you've got to find that, and you've got to make that your thing. You know, if you're going to try and compete with Amazon on price, good luck.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Don't try to do with delivery either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. All right, so how important is USP for a small to mid-sized brand uh, relative to some of the more technical considerations you hear discussed in the, uh, the world of SEO on a constant basis? If you had to weigh the two? if I had to, if I had to stick you in a corner like that?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's massive. I think, you know, if you if you can't explain to people really quickly and succinctly why they should buy from you, why would they buy from you? Right. No, that, I agree you know, with is you. That, it's that kind of thing of like, you know, you hear about, I mean, I think it's called Shark Tank in the US, right? But right, the Dragons right, Den, right. It's called Dragon's Den here in the UK, that kind of business pitch idea. And it's that kind of elevator pitch thing. It's like, right, sell me your business in 30 seconds, go. Right. And, and, that's really hard. And I struggle with it myself as like, you know, I do SEO consultancy stuff and they're like, Oh, why would I use you? And you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of, yeah, well, you know, I, and it's nothing. It's like, you know, I've got a great face. To to...
0: What do you mean? I have I have, huh? a great smi- I have a great smile.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's... Yeah. You know, I'll get you to number one on Google. I promise. And it's like, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff It's you know, you need to be able to, have a, a usp then i think that is really important it's like yes of course you know your marketing is important and seo is important and email marketing is important and social marketing is important but if you can't come up with a solid reason for people to shop from your business and choose you over your competitors i think that's something you
0: really need to spend a lot of time on first do you think by the way that seos in general fall back on technical and as opposed to going and trying to figure out our brand identity that sort of thing yeah, I, I think so. I think it's, you know, particularly for SEOs and, like you know,
2: the more sort of technically minded ones, it's an easy thing to fall back on, right? Right. If you don't so, know, if there's a really hard question to answer, and I'm guilty of this, I mean, I do this with like anything, that a project that I'm working on, it's much easier to tackle the things I know how to fix those. And right. There's, right. You know, there's, there's 10 broken things over here and I can identify those and fix those. And there's this one really big thing over here that I, could, gee, I don't even know where to start with that. So I'm going to just fix these 10 things for now because that's like I, – I know that. That's my comfort zone. Right. Um, but, yeah, coming back to like going back to business owners and stuff and saying to them, well, like, right, you know, I can tweak your SEO and I can improve your site speed and I can, you know, help you with all these kind of things. And I can, you know, do X, Y, and Z on your technical side of your SEO. But at
0: the end of the day, you're like, why does your business exist again? That's a really <laughs> hard question. Right. I and mean, do you ever find me – I don't – see, I have a disconnect. I don't do this. I don't do, I, don't do, I don't do SEO for a client, right? I just – I talk, I write, I research. I, I, mm-hmm. I have the life. I live the dream. <laughs> How do you handle Let me ask you. Do you have a problem with clients who think that it's a technical, um, a technical issue, that um, te- improving UX, improving site speed, that sort of thing, that they can compete the way they want to? Or is that just within <laughs> the SEO industry?
2: Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think you know, if you're kind of in the middle of the pack and your website is a piece of junk and really hard to find and you know, technically it, you know, from an SEO point of view, it's awful, right. then will improving those things help you get more traffic? Yeah, of course yes. it will. Will right. it help you get more traffic even if you don't know what your USP is? Yeah. Will <laughs> it help you get more sales even if like, you know, actually you know, you're the same price as Amazon, it takes you four days to deliver it and it takes them one day, you'll still get more sales, right? If you're sure, ranking sure. number one instead of number three, yeah, you're going to get more sales. Um, but I think, you know, that kind of USP thing is, it's spread across so many things. It's like, it shouldn't just be an SEO thing. Right. Um, you know, that, that having a, a business reason and a reason to exist is going to get really existential here. <laughs> <laughs> having a reason for your business to exist in, in general is, is a massive thing to sort out, but it's a really big question. It's really hard and it's. You know, I've worked with businesses where they've changed it as they go along. Right. You know, and again, there's famous examples of this kind of stuff. But just because you have
0: a reason to exist in one week, it doesn't have to be the same the next week. You might change your mind. Right. Well, take take the American car companies. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So hitting on some of the technical points. So if mm. there if there is a site that has technical issues, where do you find? Say, uh, assuming all things being equal, and there are, there are numerous problems. If a if a site has to deal with let's say a smaller brand has to deal with site speed, uh, UX, link building, where do you where would you start? This is a classic uh, SEO question,
2: isn't it? Because it's like the uh, the correct answer is it depends. Oh, ah, I love those answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a tattoo well, of that. Let like, me you know, let and me and thank you for myself that. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was insightful. To saved myself saying it so many times, I get it tattooed on my forehead or something. But <laughs> right. but without being too kind of like twee about it it depends right because it depends on your niche it depends on you know how bad those things are i mean if your site if your site speed is you know taking 40 seconds to load you could have the best ux in the world no one's going to get there oh that's true um so it's 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 a kind of relative thing and google is getting better at kind of grouping sites together right um so it kind of knows what sort of niche and area you're in so if you are slow but faster than your competitors right then that's then you're comparatively fast. Well, you that was the whole thing on the mobile speed update.
0: It's all relative. Exactly. Right.
2: All that kind of stuff. So, And again, in, and those kind of, and so then it depends on who your audience is. Like if the, if the majority of your audience are on mobile phones, you'd better be fast right. or you're going to lose. Whereas if, you know, you're kind of a B2B thing and you're selling stuff to people based in offices, I don't know, maybe you sell office furniture to like the head of, office furniture for massive multinational companies. They're not going to shop for you on their mobile phones. They might do some research and all that kind of stuff, but the majority of your customer is going to be on desktop. Right. So speed, maybe not such a massive issue for you, but UX probably is. Cause if you're going to buy 600 chairs and you're going to drop a massive check and it's a really painful, horrible experience, then <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to make a big difference whether they can go to one of your competitors and get exactly what
0: they want and do it in three clicks. Yeah. So you heard it so, here first. It depends. <laughs> it's an exclusive when, when, you ex- exclusive. when <laughs> anybody ever answers that i want i want sighting i want i want it you heard it here first <laughs> i'm not sure i can claim that one <laughs> okay that's unfortunate <laughs> i thought I, I thought i had a big niche coming up for me <laughs> I, I thought i was gonna get a lot of links now royalty checks uh, right what are those well speaking of links so mm. there's this notion going on out there it's been going on for god knows how long already ever since rank brain okay the whole idea that link building is less important than it used to be yeah for a smaller brand is link building as important as it used to be i still think so yes and then how do um, you do it because the big brands automatically get links because well they exist yeah. essentially yeah um without uh, paying again, for links
2: this is not going to be a thing that you can compete with. You know, are you ever going to get as many backlinks pointing to your site? that's a problem. No, but that doesn't mean that they're not important. So links still make a massive difference, and Google is getting you know all these kind of updates that we go through all the time. You know, a lot of it is about fighting link spam because right. every time they you know they move the game, then the people that are gaming the system move along with it. Right, and it's it's, it's hard. Um, Where but... do you start? <laughs> so. A good place that I start is getting um, the business owners to think about relevance. So one of the most important things for building good links is building links that are relevant. And when you talk to people about oh you need good links and that you show them like their competitors' links, those kind of things, they go, "Oh my God, I'm never going to get a link from the BBC or The Times or The Washington Post or whatever. How do I even start with that? Right? Good doesn't necessarily always mean huge. You don't necessarily have to have a link from the world's biggest news websites and those kind of things. Right, all right, It can be good in terms of relevant. So relevant in terms of your subject area, relevant in terms of the kind of topics you cover, relevant in terms of your geography. I mean, we know we kind of touched on that kind of local thing as well, but like, you know, relevant in terms of the geography of where your business is based, the business, the stuff you're selling, the countries you sell into, the geography of those links can be really important too. Um, so, and again, like, turning this into examples if you're like a coffee shop or something or you sell coffee can you do a tie-in with i don't know people that are tangentially related but still in that same ballpark oh, is another coffee company going to link to you of course they're not right if you're the fester. <laughs> but maybe a bakery will link to you maybe a confectioner will link to you like what does coffee really go nicely with oh, it really goes nicely with a slice of cake that'd be great
0: I, you I, know, if I love coffee and cake
2: i love coffee and cake yeah but coffee cake is really good that's true too um but so you have to sort of you know get to start to think a little bit more laterally with that, like, you know, yes, of course, it's great to go after those really big ticket links. You know, if you get a link on the homepage of, you know, the times newspaper, of course, that's going to make a massive difference, but those things are really hard for small businesses to do. It's impossible, but you can, you can build links in um, a good way, getting good relevant links slowly. And you can do that, you know, with some smart thinking behind it. Um, And, So there's uh, another person I'm going to cite. So Greg Gifford had a really good uh, talk at Brighton SEO that I I went to. And I really like one of the things he talked about, about unique links. Right. Um, He talked about, you know, Google is able to see, like, you know, again, that kind of, they're looking at your niche or your area. And if everybody in your niche has all got the same link from the same person, they're all listed on, I don't know, the coffee shop directory. It's just like, you know, is that link really useful anymore? It's like, you know, you all got it. Right. So what difference does it make? But if you can find, so obviously it's that one, the one side of that is, okay, it's good to go for unique links for yourself. So if you can find that thing your competitors haven't got, mm-hmm. that's great. But another side to look at that is what unique links that are good that your competitors have that you don't have, right. can you also go for? Right. Because as soon as you get them, then you've not just got an extra link for yourself. You've now stopped your competitor having a unique link. Right. I mean, because me- now you've got it too. So you're kind of, if, it, it sounds mean, but it's like you're kind of dragging them back towards you rather than moving yourself up.
0: That, that's t- terribly mean. Horr- horrifically mean. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, SEO is cutthroat, right? That, that's it. If I, when I think cutthroat, <laughs> I think SEO. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when, when small businesses link build, I, I, so yeah. I, I have this, this, this theory or this belief that part of the issue that holds back small businesses from, from effective link building is the fact that they view it as a purely digital um, endeavor. But really, mm-hmm. right, link building is really about relationships, real relationships. If I, if I taking your example of a, a cafe, right, so if I know the, if I'm a coffee shop and I know the bakery down the block, well, then let's collaborate a little bit. Let's collaborate. I'll write a blog post for you. You write a blog post for me. I'll link to you. You link to me. Whatever, I'll list the top 10 coffee shops and you list the top 10 bakeries on your website. Do you, yep. f- do you find that that sort of thinking just doesn't exist? That businesses don't, don't think of links outside of blue? clicky things that you can click on any, uh, on a on web page. Yeah, and again, I think that's that's a kind of
2: mindset thing. I think, you know, it depends on the businesses and stuff you're dealing with, but the the right way, I think, to think about links is that they're useful. You know, if, if a customer is on that bakery shop and they're thinking, oh, this cake is great and I've just ordered this amazing cake and what I really want to go with this is a cup of coffee. Right. Then, yes, it's useful for somebody on that site to go, if you're looking for coffee, there's this great place down the street, then that's useful, right? Right, If right, you're right. kind of shoehorning your coffee. No, 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 I'm assuming it's useful. I'm not saying it's like, you know, site. Local, but th- I think that's kind of a mindset shift for then business owners to think about, right, where would your customers expect to find you? Right. And like, you know, you see, and I've worked with lots of sites that have done link building. They find it really hard. So then they outsource it. They get somebody on Fiverr or whatever it else is. They, that person then says, oh, I built you 200 links. And then they come to somebody like me six months later because it's made zero difference to their traffic. And you go through those links. They built 200 crappy links on horrible directory sites, you know, forums, useless things that are just not related to their business at all, like Russian porn sites, (laughs) like all kinds of nefarious. It's just like you're selling coffee. What the hell has a Russian porn site got to do with you? I mean, maybe people do
0: drink coffee. Let 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 me ponder that for a moment. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure you but can. I'm sure you can make the connection between a Russian porridge and a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, three easy steps. Time, I'm sure, I
2: could. But yeah, it's 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 getting it right and thinking. You know, one really good link is going to be worth hundreds of crappy ones. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> 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 and I think is, and again, with small businesses, like particularly, like um, again, m- mom and pop things, where it's like that kind of what's unique about you. And I, I find this a lot when I speak to business owners is that they know stuff and they know right. stuff that they don't realize is interesting. And the way, again, the kind of way I kind of coax this stuff out of them is I talk to them. It's like, okay, well, the last time you went out drinking with your friends or, you know, you had dinner party, or whatever it is, when you're mingling with people that don't work in your business. Right. And you say something that you think is just so mundane, so normal for you. You do this a hundred times and you know this stuff inside out. But you drop this fact in. And all those people outside your business go, what, what, really say that again. Right. And that's the kind of like, and I I was thinking of an example for this. So there's a guy I've worked with locally here. who's a wine merchant. Okay. He imports like really super high end, really expensive wine. Sounds like a great job. Yeah. He has to try it all. I feel really sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. But, uh, he, struggled to like, you know, what what how can I create content that other people would link to? It's just like, you know, my stuff is just boring. It's not interesting. And I was like, what do you know that nobody else knows that's interesting? Right. And we sat down and we talked about it. And he can, you know, list off the most popular wines by country. He can list off the most popular wines by how many he sold, like, you know, which ones are popular with which particular types of people. That's and awesome. He's got all this data and all these statistics. And he can say, like, all oh, right, you know, did you know that Italian reds are like, you know, really coming up on the rails and actually like, you know, this stuff is interesting to people that have even a moderate interest in wine. Right. And then he's created really cool, interesting oh, data that is talks about what he does and a shed load of people go, Huh, that's interesting and they left
0: him. So it's like a funny thing is that people think that there's no business identity. But the truth is that in my mind, the business identity comes from your personal identity. Right, so insofar as you have your – this wine guy is a great example of this, and I've, I've seen this a million times. You have your own way of doing whatever it is that you do, whether it be creating content, whether it be selling and importing wine, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and there's a, it comes from a certain ineffable sense of self that you have. So either you're tapped into that and you're not tapped into that. And the more tapped into that you are, the more that permeates into your business and the more, okay, my unique take on whatever it is that I do stems from my unique take on what it is that I do in general. And, and once you tap into that, then then there's a, it's just, it's just a wide open door. It's, it's, it's roll out the red carpet because here I come. Because it's not that complicated from a certain perspective. Like there is a there is a clear and defined way that you relate to yourself, and that that goes to everything that you do, particularly your business, and it's just a matter yeah. of tapping into it.
2: Couldn't agree with that more. I think, yeah, exactly is that kind of stuff. And like once you get that first example in front of them and you get that first example out of them, they go, oh, well, I did do this thing. And it's like, you know, it's kind of boring and you wouldn't like it. And you look and you're like, oh my God, this is gold. Right. And then, then you're on. Then you get going.
0: It is, it's because, you know, it's sort of work is not really work. Work is an extension of self. Not to get too philosophical on in the insert SEO podcast. <laughs> <We're going laughs> let, me, let, me, let me go pull up my Kierkegaard. Here. Hold on a second, my cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I just lost 10, uh, 10 listeners right now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. So I have this thing called um, Optimize It or Disavow It. And Ooh. it's where I give you some, either two really great options, and you have to choose from. You, know, you, only have, you can only choose one, obviously, because otherwise it wouldn't be much of a choice. Or two really <laughs> crappy options, and you have to choose the lesser of the crappy options. Um, like, you play the game Snog, Marry, Avoid. Right, right, you, right. You, you so, list like three people, and you have to uh, kiss one, marry one, and avoid one. So I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I jacked this from Rich Eisen, who has Start, Bench, Cut. <laughs> okay, so this is the first guest optimize it or disavow it that we are doing on the In Search SEO podcast. And Andrew optimize is either going to have to optimize it or disavow it. Feature snippet targeting, okay, or paid search campaigns. If you're a small brand or a medium-sized brand, and you can do either one for your client, which tactic should you undertake? Are you going to go with going after those big, fat feature snippets that big brands are also going to go after, or are you going to target the same campaigns as the big boys? Yes, are the same keywords as the big boys in your paid search campaigns. One of those two brilliant options. Which would you recommend to a client? Oh. <laughs> Just that's a, nail, mean. a nail on the coffin. Can, can okay, I, wait. It, it a hypothetical client that we never actually do this to
2: <laughs> Can I Are you sure I can't it depends it? Can I play my it depends? No, 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 card? no, no, no. Do? There's no depends here. This is not a nursing home. Oh, well, of course I'm an SEO. It's like SEO is is better than PPC, right? Right, all, right, right. Always, in it's all, always it's always feature all, snippets for us. Solutions, there's nothing that SEO can't do better than PPC. I have to go with the feature snippets, right? <laughs> <clears throat> even though you know, I I, I would probably have to hang up my membership of the SEO club by saying, actually, I quite like PPC and it can be really useful and stuff. No, but... no, it's okay. They just cut a <laughs> corner off your card. They don't actually throw you out for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, between that, I mean, feature snippets, particularly like at the moment, I think there are some still really great opportunities out there that still haven't been taken up by like really big brands. And so there is, there is still opportunities out there for businesses to find where there are some really cool, really big, great opportunities that have got lots of search volume in your area that currently maybe the featured snippet holder is pretty lousy.
0: So to quote, quote Jim Carrey, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm saying there's a chance. It's, it's <laughs> not a no. It's like featured snippets are like, like crack for SEOs. Like, no, I, I can't say no. I have to say yes. It's featured snippets. I don't care. The consequences of what I'm going to do. Richard wow. Snippets is the answer for everything. For everything. It's a panacea. Well, Andrew, thank you for coming on and putting up with this. Um, I really appreciate your, your points. Um, USP, by the way, I cannot agree with you more. I, I don't know why it's not talked about more in the industry. and um, Maybe you should write an article about it. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. We can work on it together, right? Uh, sure. I got a link out of it, right? Sounds good. Yeah, Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks.
1: What an awesome interview. That was a good first.
0: That was a great first off. He is very articulate. I love talking to him. And a lot of great points. By the way, I love I love the focus not on so much... The, okay. Not so much on the technical SEO. I mean, he, obviously, he said technical SEO is very, very important. And you should definitely take it into consideration. But the unique selling proposition, the USP, so forgotten about in SEO, because we're always talking about SEO, but overall marketing, overall brand identity, overall brand reputation... Is a big, big deal. Brand Mm -hmm. identity, by the way, gets so, so lost. We sort of get these cookie cutter images. We're the best. All-in-one this, the best at this, the best at that. We're the top at this, the best, 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 because that's good for SEO. We write the word best all the time. But (laughs) – my brain hurts. But it is very important to have that unique identity. It's really not so hard once you start getting into it, as Andrew pointed out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, being that we – oh, wait, wait. The poll question totally forgot. Yeah, Based yeah. on our interview with Andrew Optimize, our poll um, question of the week is, take it away, Jacqueline.
1: What is the best way for a small to mid-sized brand to compete on the surf with global brands?
0: Yeah. Okay, so what is yeah. the best way for a small to mid-sized brand to compete on the SERP with a global brand? Uh, let us know, and we will feature you on this podcast if we can. Uh, this is not going to be a multiple choice. It's just going to have to fill in, you know, tell us what you think. So the more you tell us, the easier it'll be to feature you on the next episode of the In Search SEO podcast. Um, let's not forget the results from last week's poll question. And last week we asked
1: Do you engage in intent analysis as part of your keyword research?
0: And surprisingly, the results were sort of 50 50. Um, a okay. lot of people, yeah, I expected this to be way more. I guess not. Some of the things that we heard back were, yes, we look at related questions, we look at related searches to see what the user intent might be, Um, sort of that more broad, topical keyword research, which is great. I don't think it always goes quite far enough just to look at the related Mm -hmm. questions, but for more on that, check out last week's episode. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Oh, boy. Okay, we can talk about this stuff for hours. We don't have hours because we... Nope. Nope. Uh, So we're going to hit it with the news. So... Let's hit it with the news. All right,
1: DuckDuckGo previously used OpenStreetMap for their map and address searches. Recently announced that they will now be powered by Apple Maps. Oh, okay, huh? yeah, right. Well, I mean,
0: DuckDuckGo. I gotta say, okay, they've been giving themselves yeah. in the news these days. Okay, you are big fan. mm-hmm Well, that 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 said, this is a bit peculiar to me. Okay, DuckDuckGo used to be okay, so they used to use the um, the OpenStreetMap which is like the equivalent of a grassroots map program. It was an open source and, you know, all that jazz. Okay. To me, duck, duck, Go going with Apple Maps, uh, well, that's sort of like someone mm. who only eats organic by ripping open a little Debbie's cake.
1: It like doesn't you. make so, so much true. sense. So but I, right. I, I
0: understand what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to get better maps, but.
1: Yeah. Not consistent. It's not. not consistent.
0: Right. A little inconsistent, in my opinion. Okay. Number two, with the news.
1: All right. Google announced that they will be removing the ability to comment on their webmaster blog. So this decision was made after realizing that the nofollow link attribute wasn't working when it came to preventing spammy comments. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. To quote the great Jim Morrison, no one here yeah, okay. gets out alive. Not a breaking oh. news story in my mind, but it should make you feel a lot yeah. better that Google's in the same position as you are.
1: Yeah. Okay. A recent report stated that spammers are taking advantage of using open edits in order to hurt their local competitors who have been open for many years. Honestly, it's really such a shame. This really struck a chord for me. People take pride in how long they have owned or worked somewhere. For want to, to take that away from them. Honestly, it's simply wrong. I don't know why that, that really gets me.
0: It should bother you. It's a bit absurd. Yeah. Okay. So just to yeah. add a little bit of way of explanation. So Google added this new ability in the um, local knowledge panel where you can if you have a business that's not open yet, but it will be open, grand opening, you could announce the grand opening in inside the local panel, you can say, "Okay, we're going to be open as of you know March third, two thousand and nineteen, which happens to be my birthday."
1: Happy the,
0: the problem is that spammers, competitors, overall evildoers, the axis of evil, were were going into these panels, suggesting edits and saying, "No, no, no, this brand is not opening in the future." They've, I'm sorry, scratch reverse. What happened is that brands who are businesses that are already in existence people are going in and editing them saying hey they're not they're, they're not already open they will be open So if you've been open for the last 10 years someone suggesting some evildoer is suggesting to Google, hey wait a second, there's a grand opening for this business in two months from now they're not actually open yet which makes it look like yeah. you're not open and only the competition is open this is terrible I don't know why Google Mm-mm. gets into so much trouble with local SEO. <laughs> So dumb. I mean if you take a look at the, the 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 local SEO gurus out there, they get very hot under the car with this stuff. I can't understand why it is that Google can't get itself together to quote another Jim Morrison quote get yourself together right now. Um with local SEO stuff, reviews, all these sort of things. It's a shame. Okay, but on mm-hmm. to a better story for for Google. We give all and we right. take here on the SEO yeah, in search true. SEO podcast.
1: So, on a lighter note, it seems Google has upgraded its Google URL inspection tool by adding new features that give you more detailed insights into your page. So, if you haven't taken a look yet, check it out. Yes,
0: definitely check it out. Biggest change, you can see the HTTP response code, right? So, if your page is coming back with a 200 status code, a 404 redirect or whatever it is, I'm sorry, 404, or maybe it's a redirect, whatever it is, you can now see. Which is very nice. So, good job, Google. Everyone Mm -hmm. will love this. (laughs) All right. To quote the great Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan? Yeah. Robert Zimmerman, originally. Okay. Though most of you might know this quote from Jimi Hendrix, the hour is getting late. No, he's not okay. saying what many of you think he's saying. He's actually saying the hour is getting late. It's a big common misconception in the, the world of lyrics. Okay. Um, due to the fantastic interview with Andrew Optimize, we are jumping past our content of the week.
1: No. No,
0: don't fret. It's our turn next week. So let us wrap this up with this, the fun SEO send-off question that Jacqueline has prepared. So here is Jacqueline's fun SEO send-off question.
1: Okay, so if you could rename Google, what would you choose? I know it's a bit of a cheesy question. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot harder than I thought to come up with these questions. So, again, if you could rename Google, what would you choose?
0: Um, Okay. You go first. No, no, no.
1: You go first. I was very to the point. I came up with wise guy for obvious reasons. Right. For obvious
0: reasons. Wise guy. I get it. Because you think (laughs) Google is a mafia. Wise guy.
1: Actually. Wise guy. I mean. Oh, we're
0: not going there. This is official. No. <laughs> it is a good question by the way. I actually enjoyed this one. I had the reason why I didn't write an answer because okay. I, I had a hard time with oh. it.
1: Did you? Yeah, yeah, oh, I had a hard time. Answer, right?
0: yeah. yeah. But no, I have so one. But, smarty okay, pants. What
1: I'm sorry, what did you just
0: say? Smarty pants. Oh
1: smarty I thought you said
0: morty pants. Yes, morty <laughs> pants. <laughs> pants. Yeah. Smarty pants. Smarty yeah. pants. Because, because I, it's both accurate, cute, and slightly cute. sarcastic.
1: Yeah, and Google probably
0: wears pants. I guess. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what, right. what sort of pants do you think Google wears? That's a great question for next week. What sort of pants does Google wear? And on that note, we're going right. to give you a little Rank Ranger plug because we released a new site audit tool last week. Take it away, Jacqueline.
1: This past week, we launched our own in-house site audit report. Our SEO team came to our own dev team, complaining that site audits were a bit annoying. A ton of data, a lot of great charts, but it's a bit over the top. And we get something that is both efficient, visual, and deep. And the dev team was, yeah. So that's what we did. We made a new site audit report that's really easy to use, not overwhelming, but contains every data tidbit you'd expect you would expect to see. So head on over to the RankWords blog and read
0: about it. Yeah, I actually love the site audit tool because I do find site audits to be annoyingly overwhelming sometimes. But I do, and I show you, I'll go through the blog, go check it out, and I go show you how Mm -hmm. you can use this and how simple it is. Another plug, we released new hotel local pack ranked tracking. So if you remember a little while ago, Google changed the way hotel local packs look. You now have four results and more visually, you have this and that. Um, So... It created a little bit pro- of a problem. Some of our customers said, hey, you know what? Local pack rank tracking is a little bit different now because the formats changed. So we said, okay, we'll just change it and make a whole new local pack hotel rank tracking for you. So now, a Rank Ranger exclusive, you can track your local pack rankings for hotel local packs that are formatted differently than the regular local pack. And with that, we are wrapping up this, the 11th episode of the In Search SEO podcast because it is In Search because we're all in search of something. Thank you for joining us. Tune in next time.
1: Have a good one.